I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. y'all welcome back to another fantastic episode of the geek down podcast this is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect my name is jordan ferguson i am digging out my winter boots in toronto ontario canada and joining me on the other line lounging from the satellite branch in scenic and presumably equally snowy hamilton it's your girl caitlin mckinnon hello it's made it's i think it's it's the snow has made the world a nicer place it's cover. It's covered the trash and the you know the dirt and the barren trees, and it's made it kind of magical. Is it a marshmallow world in Hamilton, Caitlin? Uh, a little bit. Um, we we could hear scraping in the morning, and we were both like, "Uh, it snowed," and I was like, "Just don't do it, and it'll melt," and it did. <laughs> <laughs> so we're those neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Listen, and for as long as possible. Do it as long, put it off as long as possible, especially right now. Climate change, like, listen, that shit's going to melt in like, probably like a day tops. Yeah. And it it didn't even take that long. Like it took like a couple hours and the sidewalks were completely cleared. Um, And, and it's that snow that's wet. So it's like extra heavy. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking. He pretends he doesn't know what I'm talking about, but he, he grew up around Windsor. He knows exactly what I'm talking that, about. That is that is true. Listen, you're surrounded you're surrounded by lakes on three out of four sides in Windsor, so yes, I am I'm familiar with wet, heavy snow. Lord. You know I watched uh, it's not gonna be in my updates, but I definitely spent like as much as I'm anti snow and the whole snow v cold uh, debate. <laughs> I definitely watched one of those uh, you know, guy in Japan uh, takes a slow stroll with a GoPro strapped to his chest. Amazing. But this time it was through Hokkaido, which is the snowy northern region. Yeah. It's the, the crunch of his boots going through the park. I was like, that's nice. It's so- I'm happy I'm in here, but that's nice. <laughs> but it's nice to witness from the comfort <laughs> and the warmth of my couch. And that's what some of y'all don't realize when you talk about how much you love the snow. You're thinking about love and snow from inside your house, looking at it through a window. You're not taking into account the fact that you will have to go and catch a bus at 4 a.m. to go to work. In that. That's what you're not thinking about. It's us us people who have to transit. But I still prefer transiting when it's really snowy as opposed to when it's so cold, I can't expose an inch of my flesh to the wind. Listen, then you get to feel like post-apocalyptic and just like... I don't want to feel post-apocalyptic. You can pretend you're on the barren wasteland. I want to feel warm. Yeah. You might as well just say bah humbug at this point, Jordan. Just lean into it. <laughs> Friends, this is episode 303 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 302 episodes, take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a little rate, review, follow, or subscribe. And henceforth, you will never have to manually download an episode of this podcast. Because frankly, who has the time right now? I don't. I would much rather have those episodes brought to me from the back of a rainbow-maned alicorn named Philip, thrown from his festive sack. It's your man's... Chauncey Frostalicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh my god, girl. All he wants to do is deliver holiday miracles in the form of the Geek Down podcast directly to your device. 
It is what he loves to do. Friends, if you'd like to uh, bypass the Santa industrial complex and maybe try to get your Christmas wishes fulfilled through Chauncey, not saying he will, not saying he won't. I honestly don't know. Caitlin would know better than I, because as established, he does not text me back. But you can hit us up on Twitter.com slash GeekDownPod. That is where the show lives on the social meds. Maybe we can make a little Christmas miracle happen for you for the low, low price of $3 in the old tip jar. Oh, my God. I'm just tying it all together, Caitlin. KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod is where you can support this endeavor financially. That was some Christmas magic right there. Wow. Wow. Just pulled that shit out of my hats, y'all. Anyway, Kate, how are you? I'm okay. I was going to say, I don't know what kind of like miracles we can perform for you, um, <laughs> especially for $3, but if you want us to watch something, review something, react to something, the kids are doing all that, right? They're doing that react thing. We don't, we don't do enough reacting. <laughs> We, we can def- we can react to people reacting to things. How about that? We should, def- we should definitely be doing more reacting. Is that is that, is that what our Twitch is going to be? We uh, talked about OnlyFans we- last week. Should we start a Twitch in the new year? <laughs> we should call it the Little Russian Doll React Channel, where we just react to other people <laughs> reacting to reactions. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's that's also. I don't understand, and this is, I mean, fully showing my age, but I don't understand the. I, I mean, the YouTube Shorts and um, TikTok shorts like they're they're tiktok bleeds over to the youtube shorts but there's this whole thing where it'll be a video that someone has posted and then they just point up to it and like oh my god i hate it. that so fucking much i i, I don't hate understand. you contribute nothing to the actual thing you're what you're just reposting it to try to get your own yeah. google juice up like you just sit there it's on your account you just basically ganked it and superimpose yourself over it some people don't even gesture. They just like look at the camera just, and I'm it's like, it's so know. creepy. It's so weird. It's so fucking creepy. They don't point. They don't acknowledge it. They just sit there. Yeah. Like, listen, there's good versions of this. Actually, I think I have to double check. I'm, I think it was this year. What is time? It has no meaning. But I think um, there was on Instagram, probably slash TikTok, because, you know, whatever I see on Instagram was on TikTok three months before. There's a couple of like indie, like funk musicians, but they look like real nerdy white guys. Right. And they basically made this like ridiculous dusty sounding like old but new boom bap type beat and it was a series of like middle-aged black dudes progressively making the screw face to that beat like (laughs) like starting out skeptical and then slowly going okay to then finally like making full like lemon face because the the beat's too good (laughs) Uh, slap, a, uh, slap a bitch in the club face. <laughs> what? <laughs> she said it, not me. <laughs> but exactly. Throw, knock some books off a table. That type of beat. Yeah. Um, Slip a desk. That was, that, that's the good way of quote unquote remixing a TikTok. But this whole business where you just post it and like sit there like a mute sage. Like you're just like. Mm, or even just mm. like the point. Like I'm like, are you are you trying to say like, re- like listen to this. You know who it is. I don't know who his fucking name, but he's the dude. He's got this blank ass face and he's always like, I gotta be me. He's doing real basic ass like sample ID videos. It's like, oh man, did you know that Billie Eilish song sampled uh, Nothing by Nori and Pharrell? Yes, motherfucker. I did know that. Yeah. But he, he does the shit where he, he sits there doesn't smile blank dead ass eyes in his face and then he like points at song number one and then the text is like sampled and then points up again and his facial expression never moves how is this compelling content (laughs) 
Tell me, Caitlin. So I'm, this is what I'm saying. We could make more compelling content by reacting to reactions. I just... December is the time for hating, y'all. <laughs> Caitlin and I go full, ha- full hater mode in 2023. I've had it with this shit. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And I hate your guts. Uh, 2023 is going to be a wild year, everybody. Yeah, Hang y'all, on. Y'all have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways... So, I don't even know how we got on here. I don't know where I am. Brief hater break aside. Um, <laughs> um, we can try and pr- help you with a miracle. If they can get away with doing that on, on, on TikTok and, and YouTube shorts and Instagram, we can try and provide you a miracle. Yeah, I think the takeaway is don't act like y'all standards are super high, friends. Like, if y'all are giving thousands and tens of thousands of views to the guy who points at samples above his head you can definitely give us three bucks for whatever (laughs) christmas miracle we could try to concoct for you Uh, the jingle bell theme alone for this month should get should get us three bucks yeah that's that's the christmas spirit right Um, i think so yeah um basically um what is going on not much it's i there's a weird thing at my work, so as many of you know, I work for a college in Ontario, and um, I help with someone who's like higher up. I help with their their calendar, and justifiably, like it's not someone trying to be lazy. Um, I'm not their executive assistant. They just in my role, they were like, "Hey, can you help with this?" I was like, "Sure," um, and it can get pretty wild, like. Lots of people ever, I mean, this happened before COVID, but now after COVID, like they'll do things like they will book a meeting in someone's calendar and will not look at their calendar. Like you can see everyone, like whether they're busy or not, um, in, in the college and they just don't bother. And they just like send out an invite and you're like, he, the person's already busy for like that entire time. Um, or they'll do something where they will send an, an, invite at 5 p.m. for the next morning at like 8. Oh, girl, no. Um, Exactly. It used to be like you used to give someone like a week. And now ever since COVID, because everything went online, it's like, well, we can we don't have to find a room. We could just do it online and, and no oh, one needs any right, time. Right, 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 right. So it kind of changed how things are. The one thing that has not changed is people go insane in December and they think that the, the, the turn of the, the calendar to, to the new year means that they have to schedule a meeting. And even for myself, it's not just the person whose calendar I help with. It's also like my calendar. Like people are like, well, we, we have to get together in December. But do we? We're very lucky. The school closes for a week. So everyone, basically everyone goes home. You're not working. No one works. We're very, very lucky. Um, and it's it's like it's the end of the world. It's only a week, but they treat it like you're gone for like six months. Like they're like, no, we have to meet before the new year. But why? <laughs> so there's sort of this like insanity of like, you know, everyone's trying to get stuff done for Christmas and, you know, you're trying to get presents and food and schedules and then at work it's like you know 16 people are like oh we have to get this meeting together i was like do we though (laughs) so it's sort of crazy this time of year some of it i don't mind i mean there's a bit of like that christmas like rush but the whole but other parts of it i don't i don't i don't jive with um 
I'm just like, everyone calm down. I will see you in a week. We don't need, we don't need to get together. It's a little crazy this time of year. Hmm. Just a little. You, you don't say. As I, now I feel as someone who worked retail for like 10 years, I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just been happy with the fact that I get to go home on time. Enjoy your week off, Caitlin. <laughs> I'll enjoy the five days I had to I had to crawl and scrape and plea bargain for to see my family. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I know I feel bad. Christ. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I jump to like elitist monster <laughs> I just middle class uh, McKinnon over here <laughs> straight from the hygge hive just feet up uh, no that's lord that's justifiable I'm sorry, I'm sorry to anyone who has to hey I I'm not saying that it doesn't suck I just I I was there I worked every single weekend and every single uh Christmas Eve Boxing Day, New Year's Eve for something like it was like five or six years in a row. Um, so I I do I do get it I do get it and, and I, it's not okay and I actually don't mind the insanity that much. I kind of like you well because the days thrive go in by, it a little bit. The days go by so quickly. The yeah. the hard thing was January. Oh that yeah, that was tough. <laughs> January through April is like. Oh, it still gets dark as early, but it's like, there's nothing to look forward to. Yeah. Gotcha. That's yeah. a fun vibe. Um, and if it makes anybody feel any better, my crazy time of year is just ramping up. My, <laughs> we have a, I work in finance and my, the end of fiscal is like the end of March. And basically from January to May, <laughs> it's just insanity. So. Yeah. How's your uh, how's your Christmas prep going? There is no pre- Christmas prep. We don't even. Yeah. Uh, senior correspondent Chris is being uh, fantastic. He's gone to get our Christmas tree, um, and I just there's been it's just been a weird year. I just don't feel not not in the Christmas mood, but I'm I've been uh, ill, and so I haven't been out as much. Um, but this week coming up, there's a lot of like there's like a work Christmas party, and there's you know. Some more of that kind of stuff happening, so I'm sure this week I'll feel a little bit more Christmassy. Yeah, I got uh, I got word from uh, the homestead that uh, Papa Ferguson has declared that the tree tree is not going up this oh. year. Oh, my mom was definitely like a little more mm, pressed about that than I was. Because I low-key always felt bad. Like, listen, I, and I told them this. I was like, I love that tree. My parents have a fantastic tree. I love that tree. But they kind of keep it in this, you know, adjacent sunroom thing that they have, which is kind of outdoors. It's not insulated, really. So, I mean, it can get really cold in there. Right. If the heat, if the heater's not on. But it looks great because it's, like, encased in glass, basically. So, the lights bounce off everything. Um, but I can understand that it's probably no small effort to get that thing in there. And my dad's in his seventies. Right. And for the amount of time that I'm there, I'm not there early enough to help put it up and I'm not there late enough to help put it away. So like, I'm not, I can't feel a ways if you are opting to make your life easier during the holiday season. So, but at the same time, it's still just, Oh, there's another, (laughs) 
in the march towards oblivion there's another thing that's gone <laughs> oh my god see i was gonna go on this thing about how i think people i know people who like literally after thanksgiving have like got their or like the first of november they've started to get their christmas like i don't hold with that maybe <laughs> we've it's been over that <laughs> i know because maybe it's because i our christmas is extended into january um but i just i'm like look as long as christmas is up by the start of saturnalia which is the 17th of december i'm good i don't need it to be like the first of december it stresses me out Despite my, you know, advocacy for, you know, getting into it earlier, I, I have not really myself just because I've been, it's just, it's just work. My life is work. I've gone on like two stretches of six days straight just because of the way the weeks have fallen. Um, but after Wednesday, I'll work on Tuesday and then I have Wednesday, Thursday off and that is going to be fucking Christmas palooza. I'm going to be on the computer ordering shit online for curbside pickup, like... Like a, like a, you know, a stockbroker, just like with a little visor and some glasses on and pulling an adding <laughs> machine, just like both hands working, just like, where, where am I picking up? I got to go this place and pick that up. And then I'll probably do the rounds on the Thursday, picking all the shit up. Um, cause yeah, basically I just work and then I, uh, get very tired and and sleep. We work and sleep. I sleep and Apple pay is a magical thing. You can just buy things by tapping twice on your phone and then just poof. And then just in time you have to put your address in. It just comes to you. Amazing. So (laughs) thanks. Music from the Netflix series, Cowboy Bebop. The show was trash, but the music was fantastic. You got to have like a, a a silver lining to it, right? You know, (laughs) try to think positively. You know what the shade on that was? And somebody asked this when they posted the cover. The actors aren't even on the cover. The cover, it's like all new illustrations of the anime characters. (laughs) Ouch. I think they put it to, like, it was the licensor's decision. Like, whoever owns Sunrise or Bandai or whoever owns the property was like, yeah, no, no shots but shots, John Cho. you going on a little thumbnail on the inside gatefold. Yikes. Oopsie. Uh, Kate, there is some news to talk about in the world. Oh, is there? Which, as ever, is uh, probably been talked to death by the time we get to it, but that's why you come to the Geek Down. I've only got, like, passing interests. I don't even have news, so let's hear it, Jordan. So this is basically, uh, it's been a article and then a couple fallouts. Uh, and this was a Hollywood reporter piece from December 7th, basically mm, leaking, I don't know, um, some of the decisions that have already been made in the, uh, James Gunn version of the DCU. And the headline there was that, uh, Whatever version of Wonder Woman 3 Patty Jenkins submitted is not going forward. Oh. Not that they are not going to do Wonder Woman 3 or not even that Gal and that, or that Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot will um not be a part of it, but just whatever whatever version was submitted, the Wonder Woman movie does not fit their vision. Uh Jenkins co-wrote this with DC's Jeff Johns and yeah, just for whatever reason did not vibe. This, of course, has led to the most charming element of DC fandom on Twitter to start, you know, rending their garments that the Snyderverse is getting erased from history, which, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, go ahead. Sure. We don't. Yeah, that sounds great. No, not the Snyderverse. Um, and that uh, basically that we don't know. And this Hollywood Reporter piece does not know either 
what um, what Gunn and Safran are planning to do, but that the current incarnation, with the exception of maybe the Flash movie, is not progressing. A lot of those projects are not progressing, um, including, like, it's now, even as recently as, like, the Black Adam movie, where Henry Cavill was Superman again, and this was going to be a Man of Steel sequel. Well, that might be off the table now. The one sort of heartbreaker... It was just an errant tweet, so forgive me if I'm speaking out of school here, but it was a uh, it was alleged that one of these projects that is getting nixed is the uh, Michael Keaton Batman project, which has since been confirmed that it would have been Batman Beyond. Oh, with Keaton as old Bruce Wayne. Okay, yeah. hold on. So the only thing I know about any of this is that uh, you better be careful what you say, Jordan, because James Gunn will come for you. Um, there's some guy, Den of Nerds or Den Den of Geeks or something, who's been saying that, like, James Gunn doesn't like Henry Cavill. And, like, James Gunn took this guy out. (laughs) Um, he's not having it. He's like, no. I don't know any, James Gunn, please turn the Google alerts (laughs) off. I don't, I have no insight into that. I am merely re-reporting what has been reported by the Hollywood Reporter. To that end, as Caitlin is saying, Gunn did respond on Twitter to this Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, So this is now Gunn saying, quote, So as for the story yesterday in the Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided whether it's true or not. Although this first month at DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time, and we're still just beginning. Uh, Peter and I chose to helm DC studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment, both in the stories being told and the audience itself. And there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. We know we are going, we know we're not going to make every single person happy every step of the way. But we can promise everything we do is done in the service of the story and in the service of the DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. So. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not, it's not, I'm not nervous like I was with, with, like when sometimes I hear people are taking things over. Like, like for the new Star Wars movies, like every step of the way, I've been like, oh no. Um, but James Gunn, like he's got a good handle. Like just think about Peacemaker. Like, that is a masterpiece. I'm not nervous. I think anything he does is... People want drama. They want to be like, you know, to have outrage. Like, that's that's what they want. And I don't... I'm glad he's sort of trying to cut things off in that way because he's like, no, like, they don't even know what they're doing yet. How can you report on something happening when they don't even know? So, I just... Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. I don't, I don't, I, I think if, if there's more of a likely chance that they'll do Batman Beyond and it'll be really good if James Gunn is in control. And if for some reason they don't go ahead with it, there was probably a good reason for that. Uh, and just to come full circle regarding <laughs> Caitlin's point that uh, someone was tweeting that <laughs> James Gunn does not like Henry Cavill. This is from a subsequent Hollywood Reporter piece. That came out yes yesterday. What day is it today? It was recording. It came out on Saturday, December tenth, in response to um, Gunn commemorating the release of Richard Donner's original Superman movie, 
from the 70s, the Hollywood Reporter piece does not name the person who's tweeting it, uh, just called them a fan, and said, um, the fan who posted the initial claim uh, added, he has heard from multiple people that gun doesn't like Cavill, to which the filmmaker fired back, quote, so weird. You seem so plugged in. Anyway, I just had 40 people reach out to me and say you just got kicked out of your mom's basement. So sorry, man. Oh, just, just how? Oh, God. Someone called the burn ward. Plot, plot it on the graph. <laughs> the more you fuck around, the more you find out. And that's what we have here. I would never presume to know anything involved in the decisions regarding uh, multi-format properties that are required to tentpole uh, international media conglomerates. So it's just interesting. We know the one, we know Wonder Woman was like a big deal for DC and like the first breath of fresh air that that entire film universe had. The first thing that like made people feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, The second one was, yeah, Yeah, I actually haven't seen the second one because so many people told me it was so bad. It was eh. I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was bad. It was just eh. Um I so personally who, really enjoyed um, uh, Shazam. The thing about DC is they went for this stretch for a few years where they were just like, fuck it, do everything. 19 Jokers. You need a Joker for your movie? Cool, have one. You know, <laughs> so now we're not limiting it to <laughs> Manchester by the Sea. You need a Joker? Sure, you can have it. <laughs> you know what? You know what should have had a Joker? Cats. If Cats had had a Joker, it would have been a way better movie. And DC would have signed off on it because they're just like, you need a Joker, you can have one. So, you know, he's obviously not touching, you know, that Joker sequel will happen. Um, The Matt Reeves Batman universe has already got like two other HBO Max series tied to it, plus a sequel movie. Like, so like, are there going to be like four different Batmans? I, who, who knows? And that's honestly a bit of a sticky wicket to try to figure out so i don't envy him in that regard because they kicked open the stable doors and let everything run free and he's literally out there deciding which ones he wants to lasso back into the into the ranch right like because i think marvel has proven that the money is in these although we've talked about that but for the moment the money is in these like long-term interconnected stories um which dc has not really done with any success but shazam's another one where it was like it was a modest respectable decent hit um black adam did not really seem like it um i don't know if it's in quote-unquote flop territory but it did not set the world on fire i think like people hoped um so what stays and what goes is what's interesting about this phase of the uh of the characters and the and the film universe so as always, TBD, those articles are all saying that, like, as we are, as this episode goes live, um, Saffron and Gunn will have given their first, basically laid their vision out to uh, Chief Warner Discovery business daddy, David Zaslav. We will see how that develops. And that was, the, that was your one industry story of the week, Caitlin. What have you been watching? Um, not very much. As I mentioned, I basically go to work and sleep, um, because I'm sick. Um, so I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Um, I've been trying to watch things that are, you know, good for my brain and not just flipping through shorts, trashy, trashy, garbage shorts. Um, 
I have been watching a lot about the economics of China, um, which is right. fascinating and terrifying. All in one go. You don't need horror movies, folks. You just need to get into uh, world politics. That's all you need. Um, but the things I did watch uh, that were more <laughs> to the vibe of this show, to this podcast we do about uh-huh. fun entertainment, um, I so I had mentioned, God, I don't even know how long ago it was, that I had found another mystery show, um, and it was called Wistable Pearl. Ah, yes, Wistable Pearl. Um, super Britishy, British, British show. Um, and that I had a major crush on one of the main characters, uh, played by Howard Charles. He plays Mike McGuire, hmm. a police officer, and he's quite cute. Um, and also, uh, it's sort of like a the main character is played by Carrie. Um, uh, Godlumen, I think that's how you say it, um, who I knew uh, for comedy um, and like as a British comedian, basically. Um, and she's, But she's quite good in this show. Um, so it was one of those things where um, I I think I brought up a while ago that maybe I was going to get rid of Acorn. I've got like, I've got BritBox and I've got Acorn mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, do I really need Acorn? Well, the second season of the show Girl, yes, Acorn, you do so. need Acorn. We went over this at the time. Like, come on. And I also think Acorn has the Antiques Roadshow. So I'm like, well, I can't get rid of that. Because um, I'm really a 70-year-old woman in a 30-something-year-old's body. Um, the problem is, is I say, ooh, this is great for December. Um I'll just, you know, savor this. And then I watch four episodes in a row and that's the entire season. Well done. So it was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a great second season. Um, and now I'm sad because it's gone. I'm really hoping another one of my other mystery shows that I really like gets like they come back for their third or fourth or a hundredth season. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Vera. Um and then uh, we continued watching Willow this week, ah. um, which it gets better every episode. Um, and I'm excited about where it's going. It's a lot more fun than other fantasy shows. Um, and I really like that. Fantasy shows that rhyme with Mouse of the Smaggin? <laughs> uh, Mouse of the Smaggin. Or... Or blings of Smaur. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just—it's just not as serious, and the but the comedy isn't isn't dumb either. Like it, it has some parts that are silly, but fun. Um, the banter's good. Um, yeah, it's just been—it was—it was—it's been enjoyable, and I'm excited. I, it's nice to have something to watch week to week. Um, I don't have anything else on the go, but there's a lot of stuff I want to watch. So I might be saving that for later in December and not, you know, going right through it like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> um, and that's about it. Huh. What have I been getting into? I forgot to tell this story at the top of the show. So what I've been getting into is the Pacific Mall here in Toronto or Markham, rather, which is in the uh, northeast outer burbs of the greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. Uh, some friends from work and I. Made a trek up there this week, and I thought this will be a great place. Man, Pacific Mall is a huge, like, p- 
pillar of the Asian Canadian community. Um, I guess foremost a Chinese mall. Um, but it's a mall for the Asian community and all Asian owned businesses and things of that sort. And I thought this would be great because I never get up there because it's more, most easily accessible by car. Mm-hmm. And a couple of friends from work were going and I was like, I want to go to the P mall and I'll be a great place to buy gifts. And y'all, I'm here to tell you the P mall has had a rough pandemic. Not surprising. The P mall is, I did not want everyone this holiday season to get a, bootleg Totoro phone case or a steering wheel cover. So <laughs> I had to, I had to put a pin in the P-Mall excursion. How did you get um, any food? What was the food situation like? Did not. We had gone for food at a, at a different location at a dim sum place out there uh, previously. So we had already eaten, but hmm. um, the, the main food court area was still, was still going, but the secondary food court area, there's the one that's like over the bridge. Yep. Um, that all seemed to be bumping to a certain extent. Um, and granted it was like a Wednesday afternoon. So maybe, you know, some of these places maybe just save their, save it till the weekend. But, uh, definitely the, the food court across from that down the hallway was not, not really, not really popping. Although I can read way more text on the, on the mall signs these days. Ooh, Thanks ooh. Duolingo. Japanese text. They share, you know, kanji is just Chinese characters, right? So yes. But they are a different language. Pronounced differently, but uh, by and large for a lot of it, uh, there is some shared meaning there. Um, On the social media side of things, but mean to talk about this for a while and I scream at Caitlin about it all the time. (laughs) I just really need to revisit the wonder that is the members of Perfume's Instagram accounts and the way it has just reaffirmed everything we thought we knew about them and also yeah like super encapsulated their personalities because previously this sort of insight into their lives was fully behind the paywall of their fan club any sort of insight to who they actually were and how they lived their lives you paid your 25 to 30 bucks a year to see which was i did it one year and really got nothing. As an international fan club member, it got nothing. Like, you get DVDs and gifts mailed to you, and like birthday cards and shit on your birthday when you're in Japan. You really get nothing, except you barely got translated blogs and grainy, like, QuickTime videos uh, when you were an international member of the fan club. But, like, just this wide-open Instagram has proven what we know, that Kashiuka is very elegant. Achan is a tryhard, mm-hmm. and Nochi is a trash goblin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a video game queen trash goblin. Literally, they finished the tour, and I was like, well, they're not even going to use these things anymore. But they have been. Kashiuka went on, like, a like a like to Okinawa and went on, like, a scuba diving expedition. She had all these photos of her underwater and, like, in the coral reefs and shit. And Achan was out, you know, doing fashion and getting her nails done and hosting lives with her friends. And all Nochi does is post text posts, write text posts about Pokemon. That's literally all she's done. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Nothing makes me happier than when I see Nochi in my stories because I know it's just going to be something about a goddamn video. And now we know why the other two pick on her. Because she's a nerd. Like, yeah, I used to feel I used to feel bad back in the day about how they would tease her, but she kind of has it coming. She's a total, total trash goblin. She's she's she is Umaro Chan. Remember that anime where yes. it's like she's the super elegant, like everybody loves her kid at school, but then she gets home and she turns into a little goblin in a, <laughs> in like a raccoon hood who just wants to play video games and eat chips and read manga. 
that's Dochi. Like, yeah. <laughs> and more power to her. Girl, follow your bliss. Um, I'm not through it yet, but Chris and Andy uh, have been joined by Mr. Robot creator Sam Esmail, who's a fan of their podcast. And every year, for like six years now, they go through their top 10 shows of the year. Um, which also involves a lot of Sam Esmail yelling at Chris and Andy about their opinions, <laughs> um, which is always a good time. We're getting through that. Um, my week to week, Fleischman is in trouble. Caitlin. Yeah. He's still in trouble. Oh. Um, <laughs> Not a surprise. Show, show's still great. Um, did it Did it do what you thought it was? Not doing? yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. Uh, yeah, the Claire Danes uh, ex-wife has not... What didn't factor at all in the last episode. I was surprised, but I mean, I'm sure it's coming any day now. This was episode five that just wrapped. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Witch for Mercury. I'm not, I feel like I mention it all the time, but I'm not selling it enough. This show is great. Capital G great. There have been very moving episodes. The last, I can't handle the duels, Caitlin. It's like when I used to watch, you know, the figure skating on Yuri on Ice and I would like get heart palpitations every yep. time they did a jump. It's like this, it's like this is predetermined. Is he going to, is he going to land the axle? Nothing is being, nothing is being left to chance here. But every time he go, every time Yuri goes up, I'm like, <gasps> every time Suleta starts a battle and like Ariel's arm gets blasted off or something, I'm like, <laughs> how's she going to get out of this one? Um, the show's great. Um, and they have the nerve because there's all the year end, whatever network they're on has a lot of like year end, uh, programming. So they're going, they're going to be preempted for like three weeks till next year. And I'm furious again Oh, <laughs> to go another, I'll get caught up on a uh, Raven of the inner palace, which is like at episode 11. I'm like so behind on that show. I'm behind um, on all of them, but that's because I, I can't sleep and watch anime at the same time. <laughs> I have not perfected that yet. Uh, and the last thing I watched, it was kind of, kind of a reco from someone cute, uh, but I just decided to check out anyway, based on her reco and it seems like a good time. And she said it was 45 minutes and I was like, sold, sold. It was the hip hop nutcracker on Disney plus. What? What is the hip hop nutcracker? It's exactly what I exactly what it sounds like. It's, It's a hip hop tinged retelling of the nutcracker ballet. So there's some ballerinas in there. There's some the Jabberwockies are in it. Um, oh, I like the Jabberwockies. Mikhail Baryshnikov appears in it. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Reverend Run is like the narrator. Um, it was just, it was just fun. Had some good dancing. Like I said, it was like 45 minutes. Um, did the damn thing. Looked fine. Was fun. They remixed all the like you know who <laughs> is Tchaikovsky did the Nutcracker right? That is correct. I'm improving my. My uh, lack of cultural acuity. Um, yes, they all these like kind of Tchaikovsky remixes of like Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies and stuff with like a like a breakbeat behind it. Um, I I my thing is so Tchaikovsky is my favorite composer. I know not original. The second one's Rachmaninoff, um, but um, I honestly like of all the the songs that are, were composed, whether it was like. 16, 17, 18, 1900s. I feel like Tchaikovsky is the one you could remix the most into modern day music. Like some of his stuff's bumping. Like it is, it. I mean, yeah. For for the musical choices alone, if you're looking for something, like I said, 45 minutes, not a large commitment. If you just want to see what they did with the music, um, 
maybe give maybe give it a check out. Like I said, it's on Disney Plus. Has a lot of like so you think you can dance alumni and stuff like that in it. And, um, and you know what? I like that kind of stuff for when you're like decorating the tree. Yeah, absolutely. Like yes, if you and senior, if you you and senior correspondent are decorating the tree this weekend, definitely or next weekend, throw that up and just have it kind of go in the background. You don't have to pay complete attention to it, but it's uh, it was fine. It was fine for what it was, and I appreciated it. And uh, since I'm just uh, th- that in a YouTube rip of the original TV broadcast of the Muppet Family Christmas, <laughs> that was my <laughs> that was my get into the spirit mode uh, last night. Amazing. They had to edit it for for home release, Caitlin. There are songs that are missing. <gasps> really? There are. Oh. Some of the Muppet, even some of the Muppet Babies footage had to be cut from the home release. That will not stand. Ridiculous. Friends, is all this talk just entirely too wholesome for you? Well, you should probably get out while you can, because it's only going to get more wholesome. Because this one decided we had to do it for the Queen. <laughs> Do it one time for the queen this holiday season. So when we come back after this break, we're going to get into Mrs. Santa Claus. Votes for women. <laughs> She's here. She's here to fight for women's suffrage and smash child labor. And 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 baby's first work action. <laughs> work slowdown. Baby's first work slowdown. Oh, my God. If that doesn't compel you to listen to the back half of the show, I don't know what will, but we'll get all into it after this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we've brought each other. And mm-hmm. this week, I was like, Jordan, you know what we're watching. And he's like, I do. And I was like, oh, yeah, you do. Because as you know, the queen, Angela Lansbury, has just passed away. And I've never seen Mrs. Santa Claus. And uh, Oh, this was new to you. This was new to me. Oh, okay. I had known about it, but I feel like <laughs> I was slightly too old for it when it came out. It came out in the 90s. Maybe slightly too old. Um, and uh, yeah, I was like, this is what we're watching. Um, again, not really any rules. I mean, it's, it's a movie, so it's not, there's no rule of three. It's a movie, so there's no rule of three. Uh, there, you know, hashtags here for the pod. Jordan didn't know I hadn't seen this before because we don't talk about the thing until we were sitting in front of these microphones. Um, you know, it just keeps the conversation a little more engaged. Um, and the final rule is that um, it's not really a rule, it's a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Just... Come the fuck on. (laughs) Just think about a 90s musical Christmas movie, Angela Lansbury, uh, a lot of social commentary. I mean, like, listen, yeah, there are probably things about this movie that you do not expect. I certainly did not expect. So, I mean, it's not like this. I'm not going to be like, you can't spoil a movie from the not Christmas movie from the 90s. You kind of can't because I did not expect child labor to feature so heavily in... (laughs) Or, or Mrs. Claus's uh, experience with running a factory to feature so heavily in this movie. But, uh, you know, if that's the sort of thing you want to be surprised by, then maybe, you know, take your leave and go fire it up on the Chicken Soup for the Soul TV channel on YouTube. Yeah. Where the entire movie is sitting for free. Just sitting right there. 
Can, can you believe it? <laughs> can you can you even believe it? They're just giving this away. <laughs> um, but because I want to, you know, want to get into it properly, I'm going to give you some background on it. Mm. Mrs. Santa Claus is a 1996 American made-for-television musical fantasy comedy. You know how much I love when it's got hyphens. Uh, directed by Terry Hughes with a teleplay by Mark Saltzman. It stars Angela Lansbury in the title role and Char- Charles Durning as her husband, Santa Claus. Um, it was The film was billed as the first original musical written for television since Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella in 1957. The special features music by Jerry Herman. It was originally broadcast as a Hallmark Entertainment presentation on CBS on the 8th of December, 1996. The movie is set December 1910. Mrs. Santa Claus is trying to convince her husband, Santa Claus, to take a new route, but he is preoccupied with the Christmas rush and won't listen. Disgruntled, she takes the sleigh out herself, but is forced to land in New York City, Avenue A, where she is stranded when one of the reindeer, Cupid, becomes injured. As Mrs. North, she takes up board with a family of Jewish immigrants who do not celebrate Christmas. She befriends many of the local children and women and becomes involved with the political issues of the period, such as child labor and women's suffrage. Um, just so you know, no, she does not try and get the Jewish family to celebrate Christmas. I don't know why they had to add that in. I was like, no, <laughs> they're, they're fine. They don't, like, they, like many of my Jewish friends, they take part in some of the celebrations but it's not like their their main thing um so this movie is delightful and silly and um very reminiscent of like mary poppins bedknobs and Mm. broomsticks like there are children there's dancing there's fun scenarios um there's a poor irish girl like what else do you need (laughs) Less singing. That's what I need. It's a musical, Jordan. Yeah, I didn't know that going into this. Oh, no. (laughs) I thought at most we were getting a couple songs. No, no. This is full-on musical. Yeah, the moral moral of of this movie ultimately was like... You know, if Mrs. Claus had just shut her yap, she wouldn't have ever gotten into that predicament. But Wow. Wow. No, everyone. The moral of the the moral of the story is that uh, the proletariat need to uh, demand the means of production. <laughs> no ethical consumption under capitalism, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. What do I make of it's, this? It game? Was such a, it was, <laughs> Honestly, what do you expect me to say about this? It was a sweet film. It wasn't doing anything miraculous, but it was a nice time. I was really impressed that the reindeer were real. Um, it was just cute. That's all. I oh, it guess. totally was. You absolute Grinch. Ma'am, I am not a Grinch. I am a, I am a, I'm resistant to charm mid, mid nineties, uh, content. Although I must say the, when I saw the, the screenwriter's name, I was like, that sounds really familiar. I know I must've just been like general cultural awareness, but I did not immediately recognize him as the writer of the adventures of Milo and Otis. But now that I know he's the writer of the adventures of Milo and Otis. <laughs> well, that changes things. Really does. Anyway. <laughs> No, nothing bad can come from the person who wrote The Adventures of Milo and Otis. It was a fun little story about a pug and a kitten, Caitlin. 
Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really have nothing for this. It was it was fine. Um, uh huh. I was a little off put by the very apparent. Uh, it's very apparent that the clauses fuck. Oh yeah. It's very apparent. Did you see Mrs. Claus in that red dress at the end? I did. Listen. I was hoping she was going to come home like that. And he'd be <laughs> like, what were you doing? It is very apparent that he is has taken his wife maybe a little bit for granted. And he uh, will not be making that mistake again. No. he Michael, he- Michael Jeter, who plays the, <laughs> the elf with the most screen time, will damn sure guarantee... That Santa Claus does not take his wife for granted anymore. Um, <laughs> I also thought the the big bad at the end. It's like, were, were you pressed for time? It's oh, like, oh the no, whole- the, fa- the factory owner took all the reindeer. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, he re- and he realized she's Mrs. Santa Claus. Oh my god! This is terrible. He's going to ruin Christmas for everybody. But she remembers. That the reason he wants to ruin Christmas for everyone is because his yeah. brother ruined Christmas for him. Because he stole the bear he liked when he was a kid. Yeah. A bear just like the one she's got here. Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. The, I, the whole thing was pressed for time. And then he's like, like oh, my bear. So literally there's this whole plot where one of the characters, she's a suffragette, and she's yelling on her soapbox. And Oh my God. And finally, Mrs... Mrs. Claus, posing as Mrs. North, says, you know, some people, they don't really like being yelled at. Why don't you talk to them? And she's like, all right, like, I'll give that a shot. And so they talk to two people (laughs) and the entire Avenue A comes out for the march after talking to two people. what, what What even was the march? They marched for like a block and a half. Well, no, they were going to the, they were going to the... To, Where were they to, going? Like, City Hall. I think they were going to City Hall. Votes for women, Jordan. Un, un, unclear. <laughs> unclear where they were going. Also, I um, really like the messages of, you know, it's, it, it's votes for women and anything about socialism or unions or work action um, and why it's important to stick together. Yeah, like well, that. Has, has, does Fox News know this movie exists? Probably not. I feel like this is some prime war on Christmas material. Like, like Mrs. Claus is a communist is a... Uh... Yeah. Mrs. Claus is obviously from a northern, northern socialist country. <laughs> and, that, and that alone should be why you make your kids watch it. <laughs> you know, valid point. Very valid point. This movie might not have done anything to me, but it would damn sure probably annoy Republicans. So for that alone, it, it should get an eight from me. Like, just sit the whole family down. So make your kids watch it so they understand. Have a, have a sit-down conversation. Yeah. And then have a... You know what? I wish this movie came with like a... Like a booklet, so then you could talk to your children about why unions and work <laughs> action are important, um, and the issue with like stagnant wages. A reader's guide. Yeah, and like 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 difficult and dangerous working conditions. Like I just think it's very important. The toy factory children used a work slowdown to improve their conditions. How can you take the lessons of that? Yeah. Seen and apply it to your own life. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah. So and I I thought that was a really interesting thing for a movie to do. It was certainly interesting for a TV movie about <laughs> about Mrs. Santa Claus. Yes, it was certainly a direction I did not expect it to go down. Wage parody, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and and not in that they you know they get paid, but she wants you know she wants some kids to write to Mrs. Santa. She wants to people to know she exists. Very important for women to step out of the shadow of their husbands, especially in the nineties. I, I don't need to vote, Mr. Mr. Dehusafats makes all the decisions. Well, don't you decide what's for dinner? Yeah. And she decides what's the shopping and the don't accounts. Don't you decide, does it? You, and don't you take care of all that? Yeah. Well, shouldn't you get to decide? Shouldn't you get to vote for who is the mayor or president or whatever? Yeah. Hand me a sign. Let's march. Yeah. That's all it takes, right? <laughs> to change people's minds. Oh, God. The Christmas spirit. <laughs> The dream of the 90s lives. Uh, great showing. Great showing for your girl, Angela. Gotta say. She was brilliant. Listen, she, she's the queen for a reason. Um, it's <laughs> clearly a vehicle for her. She gets the most songs out of Actually, anybody. I, I mean, it is. But I, she did... Angela Lansbury actually made Mrs. Claus to help a sick friend um, who... Um, felt like he really needed something to help him sort of get through his illness. And um, so she sort of like spearheaded this project and they worked together on it and she helped him get funding and he ended up, I'm not saying that this, the whole thing made him better. It wasn't like maybe a Christmas miracle, but having a project definitely um, helped him focus his attention on that. And um, Yeah. I just, I think this is, it's part of Angela Lansbury's charm is that she was always willing to advocate for others. She advocated for gay rights and to help those with AIDS and HIV and was an advocate for social issues um, ahead of her time. And yeah, I think this is part of her, why she is the queen and uh, why this movie has maybe a little bit more magic in it. Uh, I mean, listen, it is the, it is a very... Even though, as we say, it has all these, like, you know, sort of atypical uh, political concerns, it is a very harmless uh, holiday fair. I did not find the songs particularly catching. Um, enough with the whistle song. There was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of repeats. <laughs> whistling, whistling in general doesn't really work for me in <laughs> musicals. Stop whistling. You hear that everybody, the Grinch tell, is telling you to stop whistling. <laughs> oh, oh, there's Angela Lansbury <laughs> behind me, just like she said in the song. Uh, I've summoned her with my two-note whistle. Um, even as even as your, your slumlord factory owner is turning off the heat. She'll be there for you. Just whistle. Just whistle over your frozen hands. She's Mrs. Claus. She can do anything. She's magical. The toys only got to last till Christmas anyway. They only got to last till Christmas, Kate. Fuck them kids. Oh, my God. Uh, so, I mean, what? For, for Lansbury, Lansbury can, get a, uh, Lansbury can get a seven and a half for me. This movie's an eight for me. I had a lot of fun <laughs> watching it. It was sweet. And it just, it really, like, transported me to, like, watching, like, Mary Poppins and, and, uh, and Ben Nobbs and Broomsticks when I was a kid. Um, it was that it was that killer blue screen of her on the sled, wasn't it? That's what that's what wow. transported you. <laughs> so good. P 
peak peak mid nineties blue screen. Yeah. And I, I love anything where people are pretending to be in a car or any sort of like moving <laughs> transportation. It's one of my favorite things about movies. I guess I also enjoy that it was set in like the 1910s. I had no idea that's where we were going with this. <laughs> was yeah. like, she's like, oh, there's New York. And then she crashes and suddenly it's like, you know, Italian stereotype is walking her through Avenue A. And I'm like, <laughs> there is every stereotype. That's the point. <laughs> it was like equal opportunity stereotype. Okay, okay, fair. Well, friends, if you want to get your fill of early 90s cultural stereotyping, you can find that, as said, on YouTube.com. The site, the site YouTube.com. Uh, look up Mrs. Santa Claus, not just Mrs. Claus. It's got to be Mrs. Santa Claus. And you're looking for the full movie, which, as said, is on the chicken soup for the soul. Buried in amongst all of the uh, British royal British monarchy content they have on there, you will find you will find Mrs. Santa Claus. Good find, Kate. Thanks. Well, friends, we got one more before we put a pin in 2022. What's it going to be? I don't know. We'll figure that out off mic. If you've got any suggestions, you know. You can always hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Get up off Twitter. Give us your recos. Otherwise, we are we'll be back with you next week. Friends. Thanks so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you'll join us next week for another fantastically magical Christmassy episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Festive, y'all. Festive. <laughs> You're recording. You have yeah, I'm. I'm recording. Yeah. Hold on, I was playing with um with sticky tack. Sticky tack. The blue stuff, blue tack. Why do you have blue tack? Well, I'm in my office. It was just there, so I was playing with it. <laughs> Make shapes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Why is this so funny? <laughs> Would you have laughed so hard if someone was like, hey, I'm doodling while we're talking? Just making, just making shapes. Making shapes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> are you prepared to clap? I am. My hands are free. I am prepared to clap. <laughs> the sticky tack has been put down. You are free to clap. Clap on one. In three, two, one.